Thank you for joining us. I'm Paul Wilson. And I'm Chris Hemke. And this is Diesel Performance Podcast. Guys, uh, we got a great episode lined up today. We're going to be talking with Brandy Bolig from Diesel Army. Before we do, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. We have Exergy Performance, WC Fab, XDP, and Calibrated Power, home of DuramaxTuner.com. They make the show possible. You can support us by supporting them. Uh, so please visit their websites, check out their products, and let them know that Diesel Performance Podcast sent you. Smooth. Yeah, you like that one? I was good. Uh, for today, uh, we are excited, like I said, to talk with Randy Bullock. Randy, how the hell are you? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Oh, we're doing good. We're glad that you could take out some time and get on the phone with us, so we appreciate it. Oh, not a problem at all. It's been fun. Absolutely. Randy, you know, we like to get everybody started uh, by just asking, how did you get your start in diesel performance? Wow. Well... My first first stint in any kind of a diesel was actually a, a cab over Marmon in 1985, I think it was. I was, good Lord, I was 16 years old. My dad was driving tractor trailer, and he threw me behind the wheel and said, this is how you do it. <laughs> and from, it, Oh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> but a Marmon cab over, and depending on where you lived, it either had a, a Detroit engine or a Detroit engine, depending on what part of the country you lived in. <laughs> it, it, it just went downhill from there. <laughs> Now, how did that, how did you shift from, you know, that into some of like the diesel pickup and the performance and, and what you're into now? Well, I've always been, I can't leave anything alone. As soon as I buy something, be it stock or even slightly modified, I've got to do more stuff to it. That's, that's why I can never have anything that's, you know, like a high dollar collectible type vehicle because I can't leave them alone. Okay. It's just, it's in my nature to change things and upgrade things and just make them better. So it wasn't very far leap for me to, to get into that kind of stuff. I like that. I like that. So often, Chris, we talk to guys who started off with, you know, driving uh, a semi or, you know, some sort of day cab yep. and then end up getting into the pickup truck stuff uh, just because it's fun, right? Second nature at that point, right? Absolutely. Exactly. Yes. Now, Randy, uh, as uh, editor-in-chief over at Diesel Army, I was wondering, can you give us a little highlight of what is Diesel Army and give us a little bit of the history? Well, Diesel Army is probably, I'm going to say, the newest website out there dedicated to diesel enthusiasts. Um, we've had a, a, a content change here over the last year where we used to focus heavily on drag racing only, but now we're kind of leaning a little bit into the, the utilitarian-style vehicles. Um, guys use these trucks, they're workhorses. They tow with them, they haul with them, they daily drive with them, but they want to upgrade them and they want to make them look good and they want to make them perform as best as they can. So that's kind of where we come in where we, we – find out what readers like you're interested in and we find out ways that they can improve their trucks and show them how to do it and what products are available to make that happen. Well, it's nice because I think like, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that, you know, they might not necessarily have the appropriate channels to provide some of this information. And we have seen, you know, there are some publications out there that they might they might be specific to like one avenue of the industry. So having, you know, um, kind of like a resource such as Diesel Army to be able to say, hey, you know, we could be that one-stop shop. You're into drag racing and, and you're into the performance side of things. So are we. But we also know that you're going to have a truck that you're going to have to pull that truck with. And here are some write-ups as far as what to expect, what you can see if you wanted to improve this truck in this certain way. So, you know, it's nice to have that, that insight or, you know, that uh, – you know, that experience kind of formatted in a way for, for guys to do further research. Oh, definitely. And, and I'm one of those guys, I don't take my truck to a shop to have things done to it. I have a, a driveway and a floor jack. Okay. So <laughs> I do everything myself here. 
I've got a, I'm actually getting ready to do a, a valve body in my, my Ram truck, my 2019 Ram. It's got a 68 RFE in it. So as you guys know, the, the valve bodies are trash in these things. Right. So I'm going to drop the pan in my driveway, change everything out and show everybody how to do it in their driveway if they want to. No. And that... even if they don't want to do it in their driveway, if they don't feel they're, you know, they're capable of doing that, if they take it to a shop, at least they know what the shop has to do for them. That's... And I just think that's a great idea to have them know that. That's a big thing. I, you know, uh, you know, Randy, you and I have had multiple conversations, you know, prior to this uh, regarding the truck and other things. And uh, it, so many times you'll get, I'll get customers on the phone, you know, what kind of upgrades, what kind of recommendations, yada, yada, yada. And you talk about the valve body. And I think a lot of diesel enthusiasts, they understand the term valve body, but they don't understand the process of how to do the valve body. So, you know, yeah, you could take the truck to a shop and you could have them perform the work, but a lot of enthusiasts, they want to know what that process is, regardless of them doing it or not. It's nice to have some of that understanding. Exactly. I mean, to, to not know what's being done to your truck to me is <laughs> is a problem. I mean, you yeah. you drop your truck off somewhere, you really need to know what this shop is doing to your truck and why it's being done. Yeah. No, I agree. What uh, what has you motivated to work on the valve body? Excuse me. What has you motivated to work on the valve body? Why'd you choose to to modify the valve body or put in a modified valve body? I should say. Well, it's just with the 68s, it's just, it's a known issue with these valve bodies are junk right from the factory. I mean, in, in an OE form, they hold up for, what, maybe 100,000 miles, and then the pistons start wearing to get cross leakages and stuff. And it's just, that's one of the first upgrades I think every Ram motor really needs to consider, yeah. even before they do tuning stuff, especially if they're going to be towing and hauling things. Chris, you did the the RevMax valve body when you had your 15 Ram, right? Yeah, well, I mean, we're talking we're talking eight years ago now, right? So back then it was uh, separator plate kits, and that was Ooh, what we did yeah. originally in the original valve body. And, uh, you know, we were starting to promote that, and we soon learned that customers, one wrong turn, and you could screw up the valve body or screw up the trans. So... <sighs> Um, you know, we shifted gears, right? We started getting involved. We, you know, deal with RevMax over at the shop. Um, and now we, you know, offer full valve bodies. Um, the 15 ended up getting a RevMax Trans at one point, but my 19 that I have now, literally, I got the truck. I bought it secondhand, lower mileage, and I had a valve body and a deep pan and a thermostatic bypass. I had everything here ready to go, and that is what I did before even tuning the truck. Yeah. So I do agree with what Randy's saying. What what was what are some of the big differences that you noticed after doing those mods? Well, I don't know if I would say that there's really a, a big noticeable difference. I mean, again, I did a thermostatic bypass valve. Um, I did the deep pan, so I noticed trans temps lower than you know what it would be stock. Um, but the valve body is really there as an insurance policy. Okay. And what the what kits are on the market, like I said, kind of like what, what specifically RevMax is doing, um, they have the billet bottom part of the valve body, so it's going to be less flex that can occur, so it's going to be more resilient to heat. It's not going to be as likely to warp, and I think it's across the board with a lot of these valve bodies that are on the market. That is exactly one of the main focuses, that you're not going to have pressurized fluid transferring in between the different channels where you could have um, inappropriate uh, or inadequate uh, line pressure that you'll get end up codes for. Now, when you do the valve body and then you tune the truck, this is where a lot of those benefits really come into play. A factory valve body, you can't really go over about, 
I say about 175 PSI line pressure. So if you have a tuner doing a tune and they're going to create more than that 175 line pressure, maybe they're going to ask for 190, 200, or like what we run in our built trans tunes around 225. The factory valve body will actually relieve pressure and it'll actually drop line pressure. That could be catastrophic to the trans. Right. So the valve body there is more of an insurance policy. It gives you something to build on. Um, so you do the valve body and you do a tune. You get a little bit more refinement. I like the 68 trans. There's a lot of guys that are listening that have these trucks that think 68s are the worst transmission out there. It's like the predecessor of the 47 and the 48s, which also don't have the best name in stock form. But I always tell guys, throw a valve body on there, put a good tune in there. These transmissions are pretty solid. Absolutely. All right. I do remember starting out when we very first started driving these 67s, and I got into it stock yep. with just an engine tune on it. And uh, questionable at best. <laughs> yeah, the short shifting, yep. the the slush box kind of feeling that it had was, I think, something that puts a bad taste in a lot of guys' yep. mouths. So, if you've already been out there and you've already done an engine tune, and you're like, "Oh, I hate the '68," I'm like, "My." I understand yep. where you're coming from. Uh, so there's room for some improvement there. Now, Randy, how long have you had your 19 so far? Um, I bought it new in 20. It okay. had um, 15,000 miles on it when I bought it. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, you've, you've had some seat time, right? You know what the 68 drives like currently. You you have, I would assume you have your own critiques and things that you want to improve on, would you say? Oh, definitely, definitely. It, and like you guys have mentioned, the shift, you know, the way things shift and, and the feel of it, the short shifting, it just, it, it feels sluggish. It feels like you're losing power that you need. Now, let me ask you this. As you do this valve body install, this is going to be a diesel army write-up, of course. Do you feel that it gives you more of a foundation to be able to write an article knowing that you have that prior experience on what the truck drove like before, that maybe you have a, a stronger position to articulate the appropriate information um, regarding the situation? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, when guys, guys do upgrades to their trucks, they want to know if it made an improvement. Yeah. Now, if somebody's reading about an upgrade I made, they want to know, did it make it better? How did it make it better? And what was it like beforehand? So I, I think it definitely adds to the story yeah. a lot. That's something that, you know, we hear, you know, we're, we're very culture rich, right? That's something that we always talk about here at the shop. And, you know, any of the guys, whether it's in sales or support, like we all have trucks of some capacity. And it's something that if, if that person hasn't directly experience something someone here on the staff has so we're able to articulate that and really have a good foundation so i've always believed in experience is everything you know that's the best way to to understand what that improvement's really going to be capable of speaking of experience yeah yeah well speaking of experience i guess i'm kind of wondering uh what other articles have you found to be really popular on dieselarmy.com towing articles I'm, I'm really surprised. I did a story with um, B&W Hitches here oh, several months ago now about a new continuum hitch that they came out with for weight distribution. And, and the story actually went viral. I, I, I don't know the numbers off my head, but we're in the almost triple digits now with that story. And I'm, it, that one really surprised me. That really? one did a lot. You know, yes. it, that's funny, too, because... You know, Paul, when, when we first started here, you know, it was always, okay, how do you make the truck fast? And like, we kind of, we, we kind of pinpointed what our demographic was. And yeah. over the years, we are mind blown that that's a small piece of the puzzle. Anybody that's into performance diesels are going to end up towing their truck. So the towing is the bigger picture, right? It's so funny too, that you say that because I couldn't think of anything more boring to talk about than a hitch. Really? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, Chris. Like we we know, deal man. with with high end performance trucks. We You're deal right. with triple turbos. We deal with three thousand horsepower. Yeah. We deal with the fastest trucks in the country. Um, I couldn't like if you were to ask me to think of what would be the most boring diesel truck related yeah. topic to go with. I think maybe Hitch would hit my top five list. Well, here, but it's awesome. It's awesome to know that that people are practical this Here's, this is the side that i think i often miss uh which is people do want good usable yeah. practical information and so much of what i talk about here personally yeah. is i love the impracticality of diesel performance here here's a little thing that i've learned in my 33 my 33rd year of life okay I had the Black Ram, the 15, right? It was set up. It towed a 7,000-pound boat pretty regularly in the summer. You know this. When I got the 19, I ended up buying a B&W hitch, okay? But I bought their adjustable 5-inch drop, right. okay? So we talk about what you just said, the most boring thing. Who wants to talk about a hitch? Did you know that I've had to hook up my boat three times to move it, and it took me three times to position what is going to be the best angle for the drop hitch to distribute the weight? <laughs> so, like, we talk about this, and, yeah, our 10-year our younger selves could care less about it. Right. But once you start hooking up to a trailer and you start experiencing that, especially with a new rig, like, it is it is kind of a big topic because, like, it is exciting to know you're going to go on a long trip. You're going to go over a bump. The the front of the trailer starts bobbing around because it might, you know, the trailer might be up too high or too low. Yeah. Well, now the kids and the wife are like, what the hell's going on? Why are we moving with the trailer in the back? <laughs> well, the, the pitch of the trailer has a lot to do with that. So, right. you know, I, I can relate to that. And I can see that being an exciting article now at 33 years old, 23 year old myself, probably not too interesting. Right, 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 right. I guess I'm well, I'm, I'm perpetually a child, I guess. You is are. What, what, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. you know what? I am too. You know, it right, right. It happens. All right, but but you know, and that's one of the things I've learned at Islam is is our demographic is like I, I'm actually our demographic audience, a middle aged male truck owner that uses a utility. You know, like I mentioned earlier, I do hot shot stuff on the weekend. So to me, I want to make my truck tow the best it can, and I don't want to know my trailer's back there if I can help it. So anything I can do to make that better is where I'm at. Yeah, I like that. Well, what what was so unique about that BMW hitch? What what do you think really stood out to people about it? Well, a traditional weight distribution hitch has, you know, a spring bar, a metal spring bar that goes on both sides to help you distribute the weight. This actually has a hydraulic cylinder with like a, a, a Kevlar carbon fiber springs that you jack up the, the cylinder and it actually has pressure to the spring, which loads the weight distribution to it. It's just, it's an entirely new setup. It's really strange, interesting. but it works wonderful. Very interesting. That sounds like the most technical hitch I could imagine. I mean, it, it sounds like heaven. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, so how long have, have you been uh, writing articles with Diesel Army? For Diesel Army, I've only been here since June of last year. I'm, I'm basically the new guy on this website, but I've been working on print magazines and, and truck articles since 2001. Okay. So did you have prior, like, was it prior diesel magazines or were they, like, gas magazines? What's that background like? A lot of it was car magazines to start with. Okay, okay. When I, when I started writing, there wasn't a lot of diesel magazines out there that were, you know, the publishing to do anything. Interesting. That is fun. Yeah, I guess I forget that, like, the car guys, right, because it's, again, one of those things that's so easy for us to overlook is, like, the guy who has an old classic car and he has to tow it to the show or right. tow it to the track. Uh, so being able to have some content around that makes a lot of sense. Uh 
Now, with this, I, I see you guys rapidly putting out content. I see new content on uh, Diesel Army on a pretty regular basis. Uh, where do you get your stories? How do you get your? Uh, how do you decide what's going to make an, an article that's going to go all the way to, to uh, publication? Well, my thing is it's diesel related specifically, and I'm not. I don't want to say I'm the end all be all, but Diesel Army needs to be. I want everybody to find something that they want on Diesel Army. So even if it's something that might not interest me. You know, I'll, I'm going to put it up there because somebody else might be interested in it. We did a story here, oh, I think it was Monday it went up, about a, a 12-valve swap Lamborghini. You know, to me, I couldn't I couldn't own a Lamborghini. I just, the look of the car is just not for me, but I'm sure there's guys out there, and I've actually gotten a few emails. You know, guys thought that was just the coolest thing in the world because it was something different. Yeah. So if it's Easter-related, I'm going to find out a way to put it up. There you go. There you go. No, that uh, there that Lamborghini come and swap was something that's been all over news feeds and and you know shares and this and that over the last couple of weeks to say the least. I may have recently spent an, uh, an inappropriate amount of time reading and and watching and and digging into that because I do think it's maybe one of the coolest swaps ever in diesel. What's really cool though is you got to waste a ton of time on company time and it was business related. Company time. It's business related. It's industry related. It's okay. Was... It's not like you were searching marketplace for a Cummins powered Lamborghini. Right. You know? right, <laughs> it's not like right. You were doing that. That'd be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing we can have with our jobs, isn't it? It, it is it is, you know, uh, we talk about it all the time here and it's you know, I could be sitting at my desk I could be on the phone with a customer. I could, you know, be in between emailing and I can be on social media and be on my phone and I do not get in trouble. And this is the only job that I've ever had where you'll get you'll get bitched at for not having your phone on you. Like, well, <laughs> yeah, you you need to stay up to date on what's happening in the industry. To. It's that, all part of it. Yeah. That's you know, just called being good at what you do. Here's a perfect, perfect example, right? Three calls today alone regarding the whole A50 T14 uh, Allison TCM debacle that GM's been having. Um, GM finally released the processing part number to the replacement controller, right? Big news, right? They're yeah. not shipping yet, but it's there. Um, three guys today calling in back to back to back. Oh, are you guys getting these? GM has the part number released. It's like... That's one thing. Like you have to stay on top of this right. stuff, right? These guys are going to call in. They're going to have interest. So knowing about Cummins Lamborghini swaps, you know, it's also something that, that could come up. It that could come up, up. right? Could come yeah, up. somebody could come up asking about yeah. their Duramax, and yeah, yeah. No, I could see we could put that together. Don't yeah. worry about it, uh, Randy. Uh, as you, uh, uh, we were just talking a little bit about UCC. You said you're not able to make it out to UCC this year. Do you? Does Diesel Army do a lot of event coverage? Do you guys cover like a lot of the diesel events throughout the country? Um, I try to have a freelancer attend just about every event we can get to. Uh, we actually just put a story up this morning about Rudy's Roundup up in um, Rockingham. We just had. Uh, we got UCC coming up in the ODSS series. We're going to try and cover the whole series. Oh wow! Oh, wow! How many how many ODSS events are there this year? Five. Wow. Yeah, ODSS is one that like that's rapidly growing. growing. Has anybody noticed that all of a sudden there's a lot of buzz back from uh, NHRDA? Well, the owner of NHRDA, you know, retired. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Um, Cole, Cole, Randy Cole, Randy Cole. So Randy Cole ended up selling off his his mechanical business closing up shop and he's like hey i'm going back in nhrda we're gonna hit you know guns a blazing yeah so that was at the end of last year that i got the call from him or an email from him saying hey this is what we're doing this is what we want to start promoting yeah so, 
So now you have this whole like East Coast West Coast vibe again, right? Because NHRDA is very much a West Coast. Based. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So how does that how does that fare for you? Uh, is Diesel Army going to cover NHRDA? If I can get somebody to cover it for me, definitely, because I'm on the East Coast. I live in Florida, so for me to get out there is really tough a lot of times. So if I can get somebody out there to send me images and stuff, you bet you I'll cover it. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, I think this is going to be one of those, like, it feels like the the kind of rebirth of of pushing the limits of diesel performance. You know, a few years back, five, six, eight years ago, um, it was hard-pressed to have a race, like an NHRDA race or or an ODSS race, that wasn't breaking records. There was somebody in one of the brackets, in one of the classes, that was going to go out and break a record at damn near every race. But that's still happening to this day. That's Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's, I've always wondered, where does that taper off? Right. Right? Like, at some point... Five years ago, we said it was five years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought we were at the peak then, and now, you know, we're sub-fours, right? So... So I think it, it's getting crazier. Uh, how closely do you follow the racing circuits? Who do you think is uh, like a, a top three? Could you give us like a top three drag racers for the 2023 season? Oh, man. Tell you the truth, I haven't really looked it up. I haven't really paid much attention to get into it this year yet. I haven't had time. See, at, at East Army, I, I, everybody thinks the website's a, a whole staff of people, but unfortunately, or, or fortunately, however your perspective is, it's just me. <laughs> so... For me to try and keep up with everything and follow the nitty gritty of all events, it's just it's really tough. Yeah. No, that was. I'm not myself. I don't follow a ton of that. You know, I I, I read and look up, and I thought it was really interesting. The the Rudy's you know season opener or whatever. One of our really close friends, Enrique Gonzalez, had won you know his division, which you know it's a little Colorado with a big bad Duramax twin turbo in it. And one of uh, my all time favorite you know, truck. trucks. Trucks been down for years. You know, yeah. and not not been able to live up to its full potential. And uh, it was nice to see him. You know, first time out. You know, win his class. So. Yeah, I think there's going to be some shakeups this year. There's some new guys. There's some OGs. There's some new trucks. There's some old trucks. There's pro mods. I mean, there's some crazy, crazy stuff going on. This it year. really is. Yeah, yeah. Trucks are getting faster. They're getting lighter. Uh, you know, they're yeah. they're also traction is improving, right? So yeah. people are able to hook up and really kind of figuring that out yeah. and dialing that in. Then you have engine technology. You know, engine management. It's just it's everything is evolving, and it's crazy to think how state-of-the-art I thought this industry was 10, 12 years ago to where it is now. It's just it's just mind-boggling. Yeah. I mean, you were impressed when they hit, when VGTs came to market, right? So, yeah, me too. I was. Me too. I was. No I was, you know, I remember seeing 700 horsepower on a VGT, and I was like, down the dyno, I was like, oh, that's real? I was, at, I was at Rudy's when they were still doing it at Piedmont, which I don't think they're doing the Rudy's mm-hmm. events at Piedmont anymore. They're still doing it at Piedmont. Yeah. And somebody walked me over to a booth to show me the Ford dual scroll uh, turbo. And you just you didn't know what the hell you were even looking at. I mean, it was so cool. Yeah. It, it is still such a cool the idea. The technology is yeah, so yeah, cool. It's, it's, it, it, it could be revolutionary if it wasn't Ford making it. I mean, that specific technology is one of those things, like myself included, the first time I saw that, you you have to take a step back and you have to understand how it works. Like you have to really take a step back because it's unconventional against any of your normal turbocharger beliefs and understandings. Right. You know. So yeah. All right, uh, Randy. This is going to be an exciting year. Uh, I know uh, Diesel Army has a lot of, like I said, great articles that are coming out. Uh, it's something that I know Chris and I watch on a regular yep. basis. Uh, what other cool projects are you going to be working on this year? What do you have slated uh, to be able to tackle? Well, I've got a, there's a couple of fellows here in town with different trucks. We're going to be doing some suspension stuff on some super duties. I'm still trying to work out some deals with a, some Doramax stuff so I can cover those guys and get them the information they want and 
Then we've got a couple of Rams lined up, but I don't really want to give out too much information to let people check out the website, but a lot of suspension, some engine stuff, and suspension. I mean, it's just there's all sorts of good stuff coming. Well, you'll have to keep me posted on when you do the valve body install and when that publication goes live, because I think that's something that, as I am talking to customers here in-house, I can use that publication as a reference point of, you know, this is what you're going to see to improve on. So, you know, like I said, keep me posted on that. I'd like to have access to it. Oh, most definitely. Uh, obviously, listeners, if you want to check out Diesel Army, it's real easy. Just ch- type in dieselarmy.com. Go over and check out the website. Where else can people follow along uh, to see what you got going on there, Randy? Well, we've got our Facebook page and our Instagram page, and that pretty much fills everything in we have. My, my life resolves around Diesel Army right now, so <laughs> that's where you can find most of what's happening. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for carving out some time out of your busy day to talk with our listeners. Guys, uh, Chris and I, we read Diesel Army. Uh, so definitely go on over, check it out, uh, subscribe, like, whatever you need to do, uh, get involved. It's a, it's a well worthwhile publication. All right, guys, I do appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, Not a you. problem. Listeners, this has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Hemke. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, this has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Hemke. Make sure to like and subscribe, and we'll talk to you again soon. I'm perpetually a child, I guess. You are.